And he said that we must stay very, very focused in this hour because there's so many distractions that are happening. Nehemiah was a prime example of staying focused in the midst of distractions. And I'm going to hit that just for a minute from Pastor Brandon. And he said, Nehemiah was building the wall. And here comes the brothers and the enemy saying, you need to come down off that wall. No, you need to come here. Isn't it funny how you, you're building something and God's trying to do something and all of a sudden the enemy starts tapping on your shoulder saying, no, you need to come over here. No, just come over here just for a minute. Nehemiah said, no. I can't say it like Pastor Brandon. Nope, no, no way, nada. And he said, no, I'm not coming down because I'm doing a great work. See, some, some people don't even know they're doing a great work. So that's why they come down so easily because they don't know they're doing a great work in God. The name of this sermon is Dream Builder. No distractions. You have a dream? One of the greatest examples of that was Joseph. His dream became reality. But he didn't, it didn't go like he thought it was going to go. And sometimes your dream is not going to go like you think it's going to go. His story is filled with mystery, intrigue, passion, betrayal, secrets, jealousy, injustice, reward. This is Joseph. Can you imagine having mysteries and intrigue and passion, but there was jealousy, not on his side, but is on his brother's side. Has anybody ever been jealous of you because you're doing something right? And they want you to come off the wall? And they say, come on, just come off the wall one time. Who do you think you are? His journey. That was his story. But his journey from a special son to a slave and back again. From the pit to the palace. To prison and back again. From home to exile. To honor from one of the tribes to an orphan. How would you like this journey? Some of you are on a journey, and some of you have had a home and felt like an orphan. Come on, somebody. An orphan in your spirit. And isn't it funny how you can be around a lot of people, but you feel all alone? That's an orphan spirit. <laughs> but he went from the pit to a palace to a prison and then he became in a court, a pharaoh. Ugh. That journey's not easy. That dream wasn't easy. He became a leader of a nation. This boy was 17 years old when he first went in. And isn't it funny how you can have distractions because you told it too soon? You could be so excited about this, this, and that. You better trust what's sitting beside you. Look around. You know, like I said, thank you, Seth, for looking around. 
You know, like I said to uh, the prayer team, I said, you know, you got to have a pl- safe place where you can trust somebody to say what you need to say. Because, see, sometimes you'll say a dream or you'll say something, and all of a sudden the next thing you know, somebody's looking at you going, really? You think you're going to accomplish that? And all of a sudden you start thinking about, well, maybe I won't accomplish that. Because of doubt and jealousy. And so here's Joseph running to his brothers. And I'm going to read this to you. Genesis 37, verse 5. And it's something that he was on a roller coaster life. And he was held by one consistent thing he had a dream. He was held by one consistent thing he had a dream that kept him close to God. Do you have a dream? Does it keep you close to God? Is it the one consistent thing? no matter what anybody says, that you can hold on to. A dream bigger than your circumstances. A dream bigger than your distractions. What's your dream? Are you a dream builder? Do you uplift or tear down? Verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, brothers, they hated him even more. Isn't it funny? They already hated him. But when he told the dream, they hated him even more. He said to them, here's this dream that I dreamed. Here's, here he's all excited. Isn't it funny how you can be so excited about what something that God's given you, and somebody goes, I hate you. I hate your dream. I hate your... What? And these were his brothers. Behold, we were, in, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheep. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? And they hated him even more for his dream, for his, for his words. Then he dreamed another dream. Isn't it funny? Here they already hate him, and they're already talking about him, and he goes back to another dream to tell him again. Is that dumb? Because they're already telling him off, and they're already saying they didn't like him. See, they was already jealous before he even had the dream. You ever had anybody jealous of you before you even had the dream? There's been jealousy. It doesn't matter if you're a middle child. There's been jealousy of the oldest, and there's been, you know what I'm saying? And you have to be careful who you say your dream to. Then he dreamed another dream and he told his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Well, them were pretty big words. Who do you think you are? All the sun, the moon, and everything's going to bow down? You think you're all that in a bag of chips? But when he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you've had? Now, his, dream, his dad, his father, he was favored by his father. So for his father to rebuke him, and he still pondered that dream, that says a lot. You know what I mean? Even if it's somebody close to you, and they still say, you know, I don't know about that. 
If it's from God, you got to hold on, whether it's a friend, whether it's a brother, whether it's a somebody. You got to hold on to your dream. He said, his father said, shall I not, shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept this saying in mind. A dream that is bigger than your circumstances, a dream that's bigger than your distractions. Distract. I looked up distract. Dis means apart. Distract. It means something that prevents someone from giving full attention to what's at hand. Uh, We got that in the world today. We got that in the church today. To separate, to turn your attention to something else. Diversion, disturbance, distress, confusion, intrusion. Come on, somebody. This is what this is what distraction means. Diversion, disturbance, distress, confusion, intrusion. You ever had anything intrude you? Anything intrude you in the middle of the night while you're trying to sleep? Anything that's trying to confuse? If the enemy cannot destroy you, he will distract you. If he can't destroy you, he will distract you. So that's what exactly what tried to happen. Joseph's got this dream. And he's favored by God. You can't let the noise of the world, listen, keep you from hearing the voice of the Lord. The noise of the world is loud right now. That's why there was such a quietness in this room so you could hear the voice of the Lord. And some people don't know how to get quiet. Some people don't know how to be still. I had a man come to cut my grass yesterday and he knocked on the door and I was just still. Nobody was in the room. Nobody was in the house. I had this before me and I was sitting there with that on my lap still. He opened up the door and his mouth dropped and he said, I have never felt such a quietness. He said, I'm shook up. I got so much going on. I said, you're not leaving that here at my house. Because over and over he has the same exact thing that comes over and over. And he's decided that he wants to stay distracted and he's decided he wants to stay distracted. And isn't it funny how little things will try to distract you from the right thing? The thing that matters. But everything else is trying to be loud. The world is loud right now. And here's God trying to get us to get quiet so we can hear and so we can have the intimacy of what he's trying to say. A lot of times the dreams we start out with, the dreams that we think we see on one stage of our life, will show up different later in our life that will not, we will not recognize the dream. You know, and it's funny how you start off with the dream. He started off and he said, oh my goodness, and you were bowing down the sheaves and, and, and all your stuff was bowing down. Then I saw 11 stars. 
what? It started off that way in that dream, and he thought, man, this is going to be a huge thing. It was. But it was a huge thing that he had to walk through. See, some of you don't like the walk. Some of you don't like this walk that you have to separate yourselves and raise a standard. And that's what he did. He was 17 years old when he had the dream, and his brother hated him. They hated him. Can you imagine? Hate's a big word. I mean, I've, had, I've, I've heard little kids say, oh, I hate you. I said, don't you ever say that again. That's a, them are big words. But they literally hated him. They didn't like anything about how he was being more favored with his father. But you know what? Something is Joseph. Was he wise to share his dream with his brothers? There's such a thing of, as talking too much. There's such a thing as posting too much. Uh, there's such a thing as putting out your laundry out there. There's such a thing that your mouth is running way too much. And you can't hear anything that's being said. But you know what's interesting? Is it started off with Joseph at 17, and really he was about himself in the beginning. Come on. I had a dream. And he knew they didn't like him. Sometimes we think everybody else wants to hear what God is putting on our hearts. That's not the truth. You have to choose wisely who you're talking to. Oh, choose wisely what you're posting because everybody's watching it. You want to see loud? You want to see loud? Facebook is loud. I don't know about all the other ones because I don't do Instagram or, or whatever all the other ones are called. They're probably loud too. And isn't it interesting that we're always grabbing the phone? I thought that was a phone. That's funny, Bryn. Grabbing a phone and always seeing what everybody else is going to say what everybody else is going to give us a response to. Joseph didn't care how they responded to him. Ah. Because he came back a second time with that dream, with another dream, if he cared about the, the response that he got from the brothers the first time, he wouldn't have went back to the second time. But he was having a dream, and he didn't care what anybody said. You better be careful who you're talking to. You better know it's a safe place that you can talk. Come on, somebody. We've been talking way too much. And we've been listening to stuff way too much. How are you going to hear God if you're listening to all this other stuff? Isn't it funny? Because it, it always tries to uh, keep you disturbed. And you're, when you're so disturbed and so distracted, you're so used to it. So you feed off of that because that's all you know. Oh my goodness, I can't get quiet. What, what am I going to do? Oh my goodness, I, I lay down and all my mind is everything's going through my mind. Shut up. Quiet your mind. Quiet yourself. Listen. It's really important. That's why there was such a quiet that came in this church today. That's why there was such a quiet that came in the prayer room today. 
he's the only one. He had a dream from God. But in the beginning, he said, I had a dream. Joseph's were different because dreams make you different. You want to be different? I'm different. Don't say amen. Hush your mouth. I'm different. Dreams make you different. Did we know that 11 years, going on 11 years ago, that the night that I was sitting in my chair by myself 11 years ago, and God said, at midnight, and God said, open up your Bible, I need to tell you something. I could have already been in bed. I opened up my Bible, and the scripture said, your son is coming home. That's all I saw. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? That boy ain't coming home. He's in the college. He's been doing all this stuff. He's now, now they're doing something at another church, and da-da-da. And here, here goes that mind of mine. Here goes that mind of yours. Well, I don't know. I don't know how that... Da-da. He calls the next morning, and he said, Mom, I was laying in bed about midnight, and God told me to get home. Now listen, that'll shake you to your core. So what I do, I start moving stuff in my house. They don't have anywhere to go, so I got to get them in the house. You, sometimes you got to move stuff. Whether it's in your house, move stuff out of your mind, move stuff, get it moving out of your emotions that you already had planned all along, move stuff. All of a sudden, I had to move all these things and Get the children in. Zion wasn't here yet. But you got to do what you got to do when a dream comes. You got to do what you got to do when a dream comes. Now, did I know way in the beginning that he was coming back? I wanted him to come back. But you know, you know, Pastor Brandon, I'm not doing nothing in my emotion. And he's all emotional. Anyway. I got you. That's a truth. But he was pondering because he wanted to do things that was right. Pastor Chin was pondering with God. They wanted to do what was right. And that was stirring in their hearts this dream. The next thing we know, we open up my home and there's, there's the church. Eight people. What's happening? I said, okay, let's just open it up. So in one of the bedrooms, we had the children. You move what you got to move for a dream. The next thing we know, a storefront comes open, and we walk into this storefront. The next thing we know, that storefront's full, and so we're asking the guy that owns it, can you knock down that, can you open up that wall? He cuts a, he cuts a door open, and there's a pipe like water that's running in between. He said, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll figure it out. So here's this owner moving in our dream <laughs> that don't even know God, and he's moving in our dream. Sometimes people will move in the dream that you have, even if it's a donkey. He'll move buildings. He'll move things. He'll do whatever he can to fulfill his kingdom. 
Have you seen movement lately? Or are you in a dead dream? And the next thing we know, we start looking for another building. And all of a sudden, Pastor Brandon said, we go into a meeting, and he said, we got to quit looking. Immediately, right when he said it, we stopped. See, you got to have unity. And you got to have harmony so you can move and breathe and have your being with God. If you have disunity in leadership, you're in trouble. If you have disunity in your family, it's very uncomfortable. There's confusion. There's, come on. And all of a sudden, I get a phone call, and it's my father. And he said, I think this building is open. You know, some of you don't know. And I said, well, we're going to go check it out. And Pastor Jan and Brandon were in Missouri. The door was locked, and of course, you know, me and Pop are banging on the door of this building. And a man comes up, and he said, what do you need? And I said, we want to look, in this, we want to look at this building. He said, it, ma'am, it's sold. I said, I said, can we look anyway? He said, you can look, but it's sold. Gotta move anybody for a dream. We come back, we walk in. I, when I walked back, and I know the vision on Pastor Jen and Brandon, I know that not only as my son, but I listen. You know, you need to listen to leaders so you can hear the vision. I went back to the gym, and when I walked back there, I wept. And I said, Oh my Lord, this is it. I didn't say it to that man because he was already upset. Because see, they're getting ready to make a dollar. I'm going to hush my mouth. Anyway, God will move whatever he needs to move. Amen? So Pastor Brandon and Jen come back. And I said, we got to go. You've you got to see this. You're just, you're not going to believe it. It's everything that you've ever desired. It's got land. It's got, I'm telling you, this is it. So here we come. That man just looked at me and shook his head. See, sometimes you got to get persistent in your dream, and you got to knock on that door. He opened up the door, and he said, ma'am, it's sold. Yeah, okay. Can my son see it? He said, well, you just got to remember that it's sold. Got to move anything. We go out. He goes around. Pastor Brandon and Jen start looking at things, and we come out from there. That's when there was no mountains. See, God will move whatever he needs to do. He'll do whatever he needs to do in this house because we're following him. Pastor Brandon comes down. We come down here, and a gentleman walks in, big guy. And I looked at the guy that let us walk through here, and I said, do you have a meeting? I'm so sorry. Do you have a meeting? He said, nope. I ain't got no meeting. And he's doing this, shaking his head. And the guy walks in and he said, I was down on 25th Street and the Holy Spirit told me to get here. I'm the owner. Are you the church? He tossed them keys to my son and he said, we'll worry about finances later. Turn the lights on. The chairs were still here. The sound system was still. Come on, somebody. There's a grand piano back there somewhere. 
But do, do, do you hear me? Sometimes you got to get persistent in your dream. Now, Joseph was favored by his father. He had a coat of many colors. He was favored by the Lord. His brothers were jealous. They didn't like his coat. They didn't like the favor of the Father. Uh, the favor of the Father upon him. Joseph... His mother was Rachel. Joseph and Benjamin was the ones that came from Rachel. All the others, the brothers, were not from Rachel. Rachel was Jacob's love. And so when it came for him to hand him a coat over, he placed a coat of many colors upon him. And God spoke to me today and he said, I'm putting a coat of many dreams upon you. Uh, see, isn't it interesting that uh, they're all in different sizes and they're different places? See, you don't know this, but this is from Istanbul, Turkey. When I went into Turkey and ministered, this is in Israel. This is in Africa. See, sometimes you don't know. It's dreams of many colors. Some people are going to hate you for what you wear. This is not flaunting. This is just knowing that you're favored of the Lord. But what happened? So he runs and tells them a dream. And they said, oh, here comes that dreamer. I can't stand him. Isn't it funny how some people will say, oh, my gosh, Daniel. Here comes Daniel. That dreamer. I can't stand him. No, I love you, Daniel. No, but do you know what I'm saying? Because God will favor you in the time that you need to be favored. See, some of you don't have your coats on. Some of you checked it out in the closet of culture. Oh, because I got to fit in to something else, so I better check my coat out because I don't want anybody to see that I have a favor from God. Because, see, I got to be the same as them, so I lower my standards, put my coat in the closet. But no, he ran to his brothers and said, I had a dream, and you were bowing down before me. What? That's what sounds a little prideful. You're walking around with what you think you got, and you got it all going on. You know what? You carry something like this, you have a responsibility and a standard and a value. You can't just wear a coat. There's responsibilities to wear the favor of the Lord. He said it was the favor of the Father. 
What happened? He runs in there, and what did they do? They tore his coat off. They ripped it to shreds. I'm not ripping this coat. This is Brandon's. I gave it to him. You know, you pass down. It's okay to pass down things. Amen? They tore it to shreds. They dipped it in blood, and they lied to their dad, to their father, and said he was killed. Yeah, had anybody tear your clothes? You know what's interesting is God really spoke to me and he said, even when his garment was off, he was still favored of me. Even if your clothes have been torn off of you, you are still favored of me. People have torn on you. People have talked about you. Are you still going to wear the favor of the Lord and what he wants in your life? Dreams make you different. Are you different? Are you out from among them and separate? Because you can see when somebody's favored when somebody isn't. Hello. Whether it's in this room or whether it's outside of this room. You can see when somebody's favored. And it, isn't it interesting? You can see when somebody has a seed in their life. And it's just been sitting there, and they haven't done anything with that dream. And all of a sudden, God brings you over, and he said, hey, I got to have a dream. And all of a sudden, that rain just comes on it. That water will just come on that seat. Somebody should shout right there, because God's getting ready to raise up a harvest. But you know, isn't it interesting that he didn't realize his dream was, his dream was intense. He was seeing stars. <laughs> you ever seen stars? You got up too quick? No, just kidding. But he was seeing, not only he was seeing the harvest and the wheat, but he was seeing nations. He was seeing stars. He was seeing things. But he was only 17, so he didn't realize what he was going to go through. Some of you have had a dream, and some of you have had a vision. You know, Pastor Brandon's vision is very large. To say the least, very. And sometimes God pulls him back a little bit and says, ah, 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 wait, we're going to build within. Wait, ah, ah, wait, 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 wait. And you know, we love to do, we love to do outreaches. We love that. But sometimes you've got to build in here. This is dream, I'm talking to dream builders today. I hope I am. I hope you are clothed with favor. Sometimes we realize that the difference between us and other people, we downplay our character. So we can conform to the world. We check out the coat. So we downplay our character so we can fit in. And it's something how you can go to a... When I used to work a long, long time ago in the grocery store, and back in the meat department, all the men would say dirty jokes. Well, I walked in, I said, I ain't having that. Well, you're the only girl that's back here. I said, I don't care. If you want to do your dream, you want to do your little junk, and you want to do your jokes, and you want to do... I'm not fitting into that. See, you're going to have to realize that you can't fit into something. I don't care if it's a mother, brother, or anybody else that's talking like they're talking. You don't have to fit into that. You can be the witness to that. You can have the favor of God upon you. You know, isn't it interesting? Because Pop went somewhere, 
And the man was cussing up a storm. Oh, no. It was a friend that he hadn't heard from from a long time ago. Long, long. I didn't mean you, how long ago. It was a long time ago. Just kidding. And the guy got on there, and he goes, man, I went to school with you, and somebody gave me your number, and ba 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 cussing, ba 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 and da-da-da, I bet you have been partying, da-da-da-da-da. And he said, what do you do now? He said, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, oh, my Lord, I am so sorry the way I've been talking. See, sometimes your favor will cause people to be sorry. Because he stood for what it was. He didn't conform to going, oh, well, I'll just fit in and say, oh, no, it's all good. No, it's not good. Sometimes we got to separate ourselves. Are you courageous enough to wear your coat? Are you courageous enough to look different? Talk different? Walk different? Speak different? Party different? Hello. I'll tell you what, I like partying in here. I'm not checking out my coat. But see, sometimes we want to take off the coat and put it in the closet so we can fit into something. Oh, no, it's okay. Here, yeah, let me have a, I'll just drink a little bit of that wine. Yeah, I'm good. No, 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 come on. Here, let me hit on that. And you checked out your coat of the favor of God. It wasn't torn off of you. You took it and took it off. But even though that favor, can you imagine when they ran back to their dad and said, oh, my goodness, can you look at this? All bloody. Can you look at this and see? Can you look at this coat? Can you see if that's your son? They're standing there lying right in front of their, right in front of their father. Sometimes you, you get in agreement with things and lie. You ever catch yourself in a lie? Come on. And you've been working on stuff that you shouldn't be saying, or you've been working on stuff that you shouldn't be doing. And he said, oh my goodness, it is my son's coat. And he tore his clothes and he wept and he wept and he wept. Can you imagine if that was your son or if that was your child, that somebody lied to you and made you grieve when it wasn't the truth? Have you ever had anybody come to you and make you grieve and it really wasn't the truth? Come on, somebody. And it's illusion. It would be like an illusion. Something is being said to you that's not the truth, and so it's an illusion, but it's got you captivated in that illusion, and it causes you to grieve. Quit looking at it. Quit turning your head to it. If it's going to cause you to grieve and it's not the truth, quit looking at it. I want you to look at somebody and say, I'm going to wear my coat. No, I mean, I'm going to wear my coat. I'm not going to check my coat out at culture. I'm not going to check my coat out at culture. I'm going to wear my coat. It's really important. Dreams make you different. Watch, different in substance, different in value. Dreams make you different in substance. Some of you don't have substance. 
Some of you go by the wind of little things and don't even get in the word. You gotta be, you gotta have substance. People are gonna call it, come up and talk to you about, well, what do you believe? And you're just standing there going, well, mm, I'm not sure. Do you wanna call one of the pastors? You don't have substance in your life. You don't have difference. You don't have value. You don't have standards. See, building within, the dream builders in here are going to have substance, they're going to have standards, and they're going to have values. If you do it personally, what will happen corporately? It'll move an army. But isn't it funny how some people come in and, and all they have got for the whole week is today? That's not substance. I bet you open up your refrigerator and eat. But can you open up this word and eat? Every day. Substance. We have to be careful taking our habits and overlaying our concepts and calling it a dream. I'm going to go there. We have to be careful taking our habits and overlaying our concepts and calling it a dream. See, some of you have got habits, and some of you have got concepts. Oh, I got a concept. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you call it a dream, and it's not God's dream. God told me, he said, I'm going to cause in this house to be aware of what they think their dream is and what my dream is today. See, your habits and your concepts could make you think it's God's dream when it really isn't in reality. That shakes me to think that our habits could, might look like our dreams when in reality it isn't. And we could be walking and we have this certain gift and we could be doing this. And here's God way over here saying, no, I needed you over here. But, oh, no, I know how to sing, so I'm going to go right here. Nothing against worship team. They're awesome, really. It was awesome today. But just because you can sing doesn't mean that's your dream. Uh, There might be more substance in you that you haven't realized yet. See, sometimes you don't care what you do or how you do it. Because you're stepping over people. Isn't it funny? In the world, people are stepping over people to get in on the ladder. They'll tear people up to get on that ladder. People are, the, the, the world is, I've never seen such greed in all my entire life. And people don't care. I'll step right over you. I don't care. I'll get right up on that ladder, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like I'm elite, and you ain't got no substance at all, and you're just trying to tear yourself up, trying to tear yourself into what you think that you're supposed to be doing when you don't even wait on God to open up the door for you. He's a, you know he's, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll open up the door for you, and he'll close every door that needs to be closed. But sometimes we don't wait on that. 
So we try to push the door open to try to think that we're in a dream and we're shoving ourselves into these dreams that we think it is because it's a habit or it's an overlay of something else in an illusion. And then we get way off and we're, we're like way out here, but boy, we can have a God card and we can do all these things, but it wasn't God at all. Maybe he just wanted you to sit down for a season. Oh, boy, that's hard to do, isn't it? Sit down for a season and get substance in your life. You know what? It's really okay. I remember when we were in Arizona and the pastor walked up to me and I was on the prayer team and doing certain things. I was serving within the church and he said, I, I want to have a meeting with you. And I said, oh, you know, sometimes when, you say, when a pastor says he wants to have a meeting, you feel like you're going to the principal's office. And he said, I need you to sit down for six months. What? Why? Did I do something wrong? First thing you're going to think. He said, no, I need you to sit down because I want, to, I, I want God to teach you substance. That first week, that second week was tough because I was so used to going to the prayer room. I was so used to serving, help clean. I was doing all these things. He said, I don't want you to do nothing. I want you to sit down. It was the greatest moment of my life, that six months. The first two weeks, I was bucking. I was like a wild stallion, man. And he never said anything about, you need to calm down or you need to, you know, because you, you'll go through all this season to say, did I do something wrong? He said, I, he said I didn't do anything wrong, but I think I, maybe I did something wrong. And you go through all these things in your mind that brings confusion and distraction in your own self. Sometimes the enemy don't have to distract you. You distract your own self. You know, by talking too much. Not waiting on God. Even in Joseph's immaturity and not understanding the dream himself and the hate of his brothers, God was still using the circumstance to, to fulfill the dream. Even when he was immature. See, some of you are immature. Some of you don't have a real heavy substance yet, but it's okay because God will still use your immaturity to bring about his dream. And see, some of us that are mature need to get up underneath the, uh, of them and say, come on, you can do this. You got this. But no, we get so busy with our own dream that we don't even look at anybody else with their dream. Come on, somebody. We get so busy with other things that we're doing that we miss the whole thing of the body of Christ. I don't care if I'm cleaning the toilets or if I'm sitting down in that chair for the rest of my life. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do what he wants. It don't have to be dramatic for a dream. It don't have to be this big, huge thing. It, there, there is going to be big, huge things. God's going to do things that he wants to do. But it's okay to have small things and serve God and do what you need to do. Sometimes we miss that whole thing. And it could be one step of saying, I'm glad you're here. You're welcomed. And that could be a dream for them. See, see you, some of you don't know in this room that 
Some came in here today and said, God told me to get here. I've never been here before. Are you listening to me? This is what I'm hearing at the front door. God told me to get here. I don't know what's going on, but he told me to get to this church. Somebody else comes up right after that, and I said, how, how did you find out about this church? She said, I got up this morning and Googled it, and I said, I had to get here. See, some, some of you don't know. They were moving into fulfill a dream. <laughs> Even if it's somebody that you don't know in this house, you might need to look over and say, man, that looks like a good dream. Wow. What is that dream you got? I don't know, but I know that we are connected in the dream. Some couldn't handle the dream. Some jump out of the ship. When the wind blows, you better know your substance. When things start happening and people try to tear your clothes, you better know you still have the favor of the Lord upon yourself. Because I'm telling you, the wind's still going to blow. It's blowing in some of your houses and it's wrecking your life. When the guy that cut, come and cut our grass, he walked in and here it was very quiet, very peaceful. He walks in and he said, man, I had a gun. I'm like, cry out loud. I'm, I'm trying to settle in. He said, no, he's about killed this guy. Now, this is just yesterday. Thank you. I said, Pop, come here, Pop. Pop said, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? What's going on? Well, I'm trying to do better. I said, well, where's your substance? And I thought, boy, if I'm going to preach right now, I'm going to preach right now in my front room. Because, see, when the word's in you and you're full, it'll tip out. It'll tip over. It doesn't matter what it is. So here's Joseph. When he goes to the pit, and then all of a sudden, here's his brother saying, you know what? Let's not kill him. Let's sell him for 20 pieces of silver so we can profit off of him. Is somebody trying to sell you out? Are you trying to be sold out? Are you really worth just 20 pieces of silver? Judas sold himself out for 30 pieces. I don't want to sell myself out. I don't want to sell myself short. I want to do things in excellence. You know, the enemy likes to distract excellence. He likes to distract excellence. See, sometimes we, we really have to get into a place. And I'm not talking about, oh, i got to do everything in excellence. Oh, my goodness, I, I, my house has got to be, oh, but I have to have, and i got to have. Then you're distracted because you're wanting things so much in order that you, you, you miss everything. I'm talking about excellence in your spirit. I'm talking about excellence in your talk, in your walk. And no matter what he did and no matter where he went, and they took him out of the pit. 
And the Ishmaelites, isn't it funny? Here they come right at the right time. Come on. They're looking for slaves to go into Egypt, and they come right at the right time to say, we'll take him for 20 pieces of silver. And they sold him and took him to Potiphar. And it's interesting how God will use dreams. He'll use all the circumstances in your life to fulfill the dream. It doesn't matter if it's the pit. It doesn't matter if somebody tore your clothes. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're coming to Potiphar's house. Oh, his wife. Isn't it funny how his, his wife said, oh, come here. Come here. And Joseph said, and he had a, isn't it funny, he had a different garment that time. Because Potiphar put his clothes on him. Her own husband put uh, his clothes on him. And here she comes and said, come here. Come here. Just, can I have you just for a little bit? I mean, it'll be okay. Nobody will ever know. Joseph's like, I'm not entertaining that. I don't have to entertain that. That's not mine. You, he gave, Joseph said, Potiphar gave me everything that I need to serve for him but you. You're his wife. He takes off running. She takes his garment. There's another part of a garment. She takes his garment and goes to Potiphar and lies and said, he did things to me. And here's his garment. You've ever been lied on? Sold for 20 pieces of silver? And Potiphar, here it is again. Here's the father that was delusioned to a lie. Then Potiphar is delusioned to a lie. And he said, then throw him into prison. Could you handle being in prison? For a dream for God? Oh, that's big. What did he do? He became the leader in prison. Everywhere he went, he became the leader. Everywhere he went, he prospered because he had the coat of many colors. He had the favor of the Lord. No matter if he was in the pit, no matter if he was in prison, no matter wherever he was, he prospered. Can you be wherever you need to be to prosper? Or are you struggling in your prosperity? Oh, come on, somebody. I think God's going to break poverty out this house today. Uh, Because, see, when he had the dream, then he interpreted dreams. Isn't it funny how he had a dream and then he interpreted dreams? And he interpreted the cupbearer's dream. And the baker, and the baker didn't like his dream. He said, you're going to be hung on a tree. Can you imagine going, oh, my gosh, I had a dream. had a dream. Joseph, you interpreted the cupbearer's dream. I had a dream. And he said, hmm. You're going to be hung on a tree, and they're going to, the birds are going to eat the top of your head. What? I don't like that dream. Give me another dream. But he said to the cupbearer, you're going to be raised back up in three days, and you're going to go back to Potiphar. Please remember me. Isn't it funny? Has ever, anybody ever not remembered you? 
What happened? The cupbearer didn't remember him. Isn't it funny how somebody might not remember you when you're, you give them favor? If you've if you're got favor on you, you give favor. He gave him favor, told him the dream, and still he didn't give him favor back. But can you stand without anybody else giving you favor back? Uh, so what happened? Potiphar has a dream. And he can't have any, nobody can interpret it. And all of a sudden, ding, three years later, three years later, he's still in the prison. And three years later, he said, the cupbearer said, oh, I remember. I remember Joseph. He's the one that had the dream. He, he's the one that interpreted the dream for me. Go, go get him and see if he can interpret it. Joseph comes in. He interprets it. And I start thinking about this. He never said anything after he interpreted the dream and he knew the dream. Potiphar knew that dream was from God. But he never said to him, did you really do that with my wife? No, because I went back to it and I started studying. And I was like, man, did he ever say like, man, did you ever mess with my wife? No, he said, I, he interpreted the dream. I'm going to raise you up and I'm going to take you into another whole place. And he promoted him. Your favor will promote you. It'll promote you. But you got to stay in that dream. So Potiphar promotes him, and he goes to the court of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was over the whole thing. Isn't that powerful? So now the dream's getting ready to come true. The dream's getting ready to come to pass. Sometimes it's hard when you're right in a dream, and you feel like you're stuck, and you feel like you can't get to the next place. Can you imagine? He was training people in the prison. So if whatever place you're at, will you still serve? If you can still serve in the place that you're at, God will favor you to another door. Whether you're in the prison and you're serving, whether you're in the pit, if you'll stay serving, he'll promote you. I don't care if it's serving in this house. I don't care if it's serving. You know, sometimes you ever had people come over to your house and all of a sudden they walk out and they didn't do a blessed thing. They didn't even pick up after themselves. Come on, somebody. Then you turn it and you, you, you favor it. And then you turn around and they'll do it again. And then you bring them back over and you try to favor it. And then they do it again. Then you go, mm, I'm, not, I'm not asking them to come anymore. Hello. Because when you serve, it'll promote you. See, dreams make you different. You'll walk different. You'll talk different. Dreams followed, listen, dreams followed him to the pit. They followed him to Potiphar's house. They followed him to the prison. They followed him to Pharaoh's court. Because dreams follow me as I follow Jesus. And the word of the Lord this morning said, follow me. Don't follow what you think it is. Follow me and your dreams will follow you. Joseph kept following Christ. No matter it was, he kept saying, I remember the dream. I remember what you said, God. God's dreams are bigger than yourself. 
See, you haven't stressed yourself. You get nervous when something starts happening and you have to get out of your own self to do what you need to do. And you got to take this step of faith to get out there. And, buddy, it's not easy when you go, okay, I, I know I need to go this way. Uh, but i got to leave all that to, to get there. And let me tell you something. That's not easy when you do that. But if you stay serving in the midst of that the whole time, He'll promote you, and he'll favor you so you can favor somebody else. When we put too much pressure on a dream to come true, we allow it to become a distraction from the season that we're in. Let me say it again. When we put too much pressure on a dream to come true, we allow it to become a distraction from the season that we're in. Hmm. Discouragement is often the devil's weapon. It's the choice in his quest to suppress us. Discouragement will depress. It'll suppress you, and it's a weapon from the enemy. The other tool is distraction. If he cannot discourage you, he will distract you. And I see that Joseph decided no matter what, he was lied on, he was torn, he was all these things, but he didn't let discouragement come to him, and he didn't let distractions come to him. Satan tries to draw us away from the main thing and turn us for our attention to the mundane things. He always tries to distract us to the main thing. Distractions will lead to destruction. And you have to be careful of destruction. Joseph was one of the greatest examples of every distraction he overcome. From his brothers to the ones that were in prison to Potiphar, to Potiphar's wife, I want you to come, Jim. I pray you see the dream of what it is and let go of the illusion of what you thought it would be. I pray you see the dream for what it is and let go of the illusion of what you thought it would be. The disciples had a dream. Listen, the disciples had a dream for Jesus to restore the kingdom of Israel. When they saw him hanging on the cross, they didn't know what to do with that. That's not the way they saw liberation, but that's the way he did it. Here's the disciples having a dream. Jesus comes and they go, oh my goodness, the kingdom of God is going to be restored. And they're all excited about this dream. And then they see him hanging on the cross. They said, this is not how it's supposed to go. That's how he did it. And sometimes you think this is not the way it's going to go, but that's how he's going to do it. See, I think the whole thing is he yielded, Joseph yielded, he surrendered, even in the midst of all these things, and he even favored the ones that were in prison. He favored his 
The people that were with Potiphar, he favored every one of them. Can you favor an enemy? Can you favor somebody that tore your clothes? And here they go. All, all of them are in the midst of famine. And see, in the dream, he said, God said he's going to raise up the wheat. He's going to raise up certain things. And you know, even in this world today and even in this place today, you think that famine's not going to come? I'm telling you the difference. But can you have a storehouse that you can bless everybody else and give them favor? And even when they tore his clothes, they came down and he favored them. Sometimes it's hard to favor hard to favor somebody when they've torn you. I bet it wasn't easy when the disciples looked at Jesus on the cross and said, "What in the world?" That's how that's not how it's supposed to go. I thought you were going to set up the kingdom. Oh, he was going to set up the kingdom, all right. But it wasn't going to go like they thought it was going to go. And your dream might not go like the way you think it's going to go. Because in the beginning, he saw all the stars. He saw all the things. All the nations had come because he had favor and he was prospered. Powerful. Would you stand with me? It's in the process of doing it. In the process of process of accepting that the greater faith is born. See, it's all in this process of what God's doing in you. It was in the process with Joseph. God really spoke to me, and I want you to close your eyes because I, I need to pray this prayer before she sings. And he spoke to me very, very clearly and when I was sitting there on my couch, he said, I want you to pray something over them. And then we're going to dismiss after she goes. In. And I, you know what? After I pray this, if you need to come, you can come. If you need to feel like that God wants to restore something with your dream or whatever, this place is open. The altars are open. If you need to slip out, it's really okay. I want you to close your eyes. And I take authority right now over every distraction in Jesus' name. I take authority over every discouragement in the name of Jesus Christ. God, some today are struggling over their dreams. Some think they lost their dreams. Some under the sound of my voice feel stuck in their dreams and not going nowhere. Some don't know the next steps to take. Jesus, we want to follow you so we can follow, so our dreams can follow us. May we see the dream for what it really is. And may we let go of the illusion of what we thought it would be. And I pray today, God, that anybody that is struggling over their dreams, or they feel like they've lost their dreams, God, 
I pray you heal them. I pray, God, that they will see the favor and the garment, the coat of many colors, the dream of many colors upon their life. I call substance to come to their life. I pray a hunger for you, God. And, Lord, ones that feel like they're stuck, I just pray, God, that you will reveal today, God, that every place they serve, you would give favor. In Jesus' name.